Today, our guest today, you know him from Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, Texas, Rituals, As the World Turns, and five decades as Scotty Baldwin on General Hospital. Please welcome the one, the only, Ken Schreiner, who just drove up in his mustard yellow scooter, his sole means of transportation in Los Angeles. Thanks for coming, Ken. How are you? Um, I don't mean to correct you, but it's not a scooter. It's a Vespa, <laughs> which is the Rolls Royce of scooters, the Ferrari of scooters. My bad. Uh, and yeah, people with that ride Vespa. It's a scooter. I'm sorry. No, it's no, not. no. It's no, a Vespa. No, no, no. You might as well just call it a twist. We're fighting ball. already. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much for coming here today on your Vespa, yes. Mustard Yellow. Yes, thank you. So great. But tell us why. Why a Vespa? Uh, what was well, the life-changing what, moment? Some 20 years ago the ucla extension program asked me to go to florence italy and teach a acting class for six weeks and i jumped at it and when i got to florence i noticed that everybody rode uh, a type of scooter mostly vespas uh, and i thought this is this is the way to go i i rented one and i've been on one ever since i i gave up on cars you gave up. I gave up about cars. Uh, but you go on. You have, you have a car as well. Yeah, I don't. But the trouble is, if you drive a Vespa, you're you're on high alert because you got to be careful. So t if I get in a car, nobody wants to drive with me because it's like you're very jerky. Uh, well, oh, so you become a jerky driver because you ride a Vespa? Well, you don't compute, because you're hitting the brake. Well, you're, you don't compute that if that car pulls out in front of you. In a car, you're in a car. If the car pulls out in front of you on a Vespa, you know, you're big trouble. Mm -hmm. So, you, you you know, sometimes to just go jump in a car and start driving and say, ah, Jesus. So people will know if they see a mustard yellow Vespa. Around Studio City. It's going to be you. And if they see a blue one in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, that's me too. I have one down there too. Okay, I want to ask you something. You know, I don't know if you know this, but you're a twin, but I'm a twin. So we have that twin connection. Are you... Close to your twin brother. Because um, we're both fraternal. Yes. I'm eight minutes older than my brother, and I believe it to be the happiest eight minutes of my life. <laughs> uh, my brother swindled me in a boat deal when we were about 14. Ooh. So, uh, um, so you have yes. resentments. Well, he's actually just called a few days ago. He's trying to get another, uh, get by a Boston whaler, and he's trying to roll me in on that with my sister. So, But I don't trust him. He's a bit of a, you know. He's not trustworthy. No, he's a swindler. <laughs> but you know why I bring up twins? Because you're people, a twin. I'm a twin. And there's a special connection that you have when you're a twin, whether you're getting along or not getting along. There's that deep connection that somebody's out there in the world for you, no matter what. Do you feel that way? No, I, feel, <laughs> I, I do not. I feel that. My whole point has just muddled itself. No, I feel that since I had this shadow since we were kids that everything about old television old movies that we were there together so i can you know say uh wow you had adam west on your show my brother's a comedian and he had his own talk show in the 90s so when he had adam west on his show it was 
oh, wow, you got to have the Batman on. But, you know, because we watched that as kids, you know. So that's the thing. A lot of people that you know, uh, younger people, they don't know, you know, they haven't. So you got to find people your age that you can talk about old movies with, which is a big <laughs> subject of mine. And why does he live in Florida? He just um, wanted to live there? He wrote and directed a movie uh, based on one of Carl Heisen's book called Hoot. Uh, Jimmy Buffett did the music. He mm. directed that and wrote it, and he spent. And we grew up in Fort Lauderdale, oh. and he shot it in Fort Lauderdale. And he kind of like thought, ah. So, you know, once you leave LA, unless you're really lured back here for whatever reason, it's hard to just come back and pick it up again. Mm. I'm not saying anything yeah. wrong with LA. It's just that you know people go in and out, and then sometimes things get, you know, that they get a little fed up and they get out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it's also beautiful in so many other places. Fort Lauderdale is kind of kind of nice. Fort Lauderdale's booming. Yeah, it's booming. Okay, let's get back to you. Five decades, Scotty Baldwin, one of the few actors who have done soaps for so many years. How do you do? You sustain the life of that character? Has it just combined into yourself as that character? Has it was it different? Uh, when you first the, got the, it? The character over the years, eventually you adapt, um, like you cross a line where this is who and what you're, you've get done to this character. And if you, you know, I've gone through every producer that's produced General Hospital and every head writer since 1977. So, of course, there's, um, uh, they have ways of sometimes they'll make the character, you know, more dastardly, they'll make it more comedic, they'll make him more uh, sympathetic, uh, sometimes they make him indifferent to just mm -hmm. everything, but, mm -hmm. and, you know, then, uh, since his career, the character is a lawyer by trade, so he's been the district attorney, he's been this, he's been that, he does a lot of courtroom, a lot of, you know, lawyer stuff, so, you know, you got to keep that guy going, mm -hmm. you know, to... But compared to when you first started, the character, you had to create him pretty much. But now it's just soulfully in your body, right? Um, You know... I mean, after five decades, you would think. Yeah, and, and when the writing is character-driven, it's a whole different deal than plot-driven. Mm. So when they give you time to say, we're, we'd like, you know, we want to, you know discussed this young guy who's working his way through law school who's gonna has no money we're gonna have him give himself his Character own haircut analysis. and so all of a sudden he's got a you know his girlfriend cutting his hair because he can't afford it. so that's character driven it's like he's roughing it and you know that's the kind of stuff that actors find the 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 the, the character mm-hmm then you know, the but did plot. they ever do that? Yeah, you? we did that. Okay, in the, in the, in in the, the very beginning. Yes, we did that a lot in the 70s and evolved. 80s and 90s. And, and then I think that the writers soon, soon know that he knows who the character is. Now we just put him in a situation, which is the plot, mm -hmm. a story. Right. But what I'm saying is, so it's just, you are Scotty Baldwin when you get these I words. I will answer to him. Yes. I, I will... Uh, I wear his clothes. Yes. Um, yes. I, you know, I, he's an all right guy. I'd hang out with him. <laughs> I do often. That's so funny. Tell us how soap operas, since you've experienced being on soap operas in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the 20, 
20s. The late 20s. The late 20s. How has it changed? Uh, well, they change by necessity, they have, because, you know, a lot of them have fallen by the wayside. There's only four of them left. And they, in order to make them profitable and keep them on, they've got to do them uh, extremely fast. Mm. So, and they do, they shoot basically seven or eight hours in one week. So the, the, so you're shooting 120 pages to 140 pages a day, which is unheard of. Same as in the 70s, same as now. What's the difference? Well, the difference in the, the 70s was that in the 80s and the 90s was it was a f on every day. Mm -hmm. You shot every day. But because they can save money by shooting more, they shut the show down for weeks. Every month there's a week or two off mm -hmm. so that everybody, they can make, they don't have to pay. Mm -hmm. as much right so they're so in the 70s you were shooting every single day and as you talked about this yesterday nobody was here to listen but as you did talk about this yesterday in the 70s and the 80s and possibly the 90s everyone had to be there and they shot the whole show from beginning to end they did then, that in the late 70s then they got into editing and they were able to uh do more of a block tape where if you had if you were in one set they would bring you in and you'd shoot all that stuff mm -hmm. and then those actors that were in other sets you may not even see them you'd be gone so it so okay so you'd be gone so you had less time you don't have to sit there all the hours of shooting the whole show because yesterday you did say that they shot from beginning to end and if someone messed up the last scene yes, they had to start had to all the way over yes yes that was in the, that was when they were live on tape but that only lasted for maybe a year and then they immediately switch to uh, editing and having being able to do more takes and being able to to get it to make it better and, and so then, now they've changed it to they can you can do three or four episodes in a day yeah they, they do a lot of in a day they just it's it's kind of you know you're really like on an assembly line now so when the actors come to the set to shoot they're locked and loaded to do it they're ready to go there, there is no there's you know and i just want to say that there's been like a stigma for soap opera actors but here's the deal you guys they're all everyone is an actor and to learn all that material i think makes you an even more seasoned actor so tell the audience how or what your tactics were what your preparation was to learn 50 pages at a time well what did you do? there's a you know a speech i give to all of the actors and young actors that get into a bit of a panic when they have too much dialogue or too mm -hmm. many scenes, I say, listen, listen, listen. This is like a seven-course meal. Let's just enjoy our soup. <laughs> I love that. And let's have our salad. <laughs> and what's the entree? Oh, look, it's a steak. Uh, oh, look at the dessert coming. Look at that after-dinner drink we're going to have. So if you, if you embrace the, 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 the seven-course meal, then you don't panic. So you sort of break it down in little sections. Yeah, and you, you know, um, just enjoy that scene one, scene two. So did you, did you for like scene one, scene two, did you understand what the picture of the story was or did you only learn it from how, what you were saying to the other people? Did you go from broader strokes to understand the whole story? No. Okay. I don't care about the other story. Okay. I, no, most of the, most Not the other stories, your story. My story. My story is I try and learn to the best of my ability, my dialogue, 
it basically, you know, getting the gist of how I'm, what I'm saying and what's important in this speech and why I would look forward to remembering this speech because, mm. oh, this has got that big speech where I tell him off. Mm. This is where I'm going to, you know, move in and, and state my point mm. because, you know, you have to have a conflict. Conflict is crucial to any scene. What do you want? that you can't have, what do you have that you're not gonna give away? Mm. So when you when you look for the conflict of the scene and you see how it's developed in this dialogue, that helps you understand the dialogue and get it in your head. Mm. Now, what the other actor is saying is none of my business until I do it and run it with them and I'm listening and I'm thinking, oh, okay. Mm. So most actors in daytime run the lines for the sake of line running when they go to shoot it is when they connect is when they go for it mm. so you don't know what a, another actor is going to do until they roll rehearsal and so then, let me ask you this question do they do a quick rehearsal block camera and then shoot or they just shoot right away they, get a they rehearsal? rehearse it with the cameras how many times they in the morning they do a, a, a you're up on st stage getting your where you're supposed to move and reading it and most people are reading it for the first time or whatever and not really thinking about it when you go up to do it and you've already run the lines with the actors and you know that you know the lines they do a little quick camera blocking and they roll but you're making it sound like it's about the lines, but here's the thing, it's really, you can't possibly learn the lines unless you understand your character. Well, you can't, first of all, you have to have an education, you have to study acting, you have to be very- Let's talk about that. You have to be very well studied, and you, you can't just you know listen to a car motor and tell what's wrong with it unless you're a mechanic. So, you know, so you, you've got to understand the art of the craft, so, that's where it all comes in and you know once you you've studied and you've put your time in and you know that's the greatest thing about soap operas is i've seen young actors come on the show mm -hmm. and some of them have never gotten any better and a lot of them and then a lot of them realize that wow this is like a paid acting class i'm getting better each mm. time and and i'm getting to do this and and you know and if they don't like what they just did you say well there's always tomorrow to be better like in a play except in a play you're going you to do the same material though. but you do have a long rehearsal in a play yeah but you're still going to play the same scene if you yes. didn't like the scene yesterday you're still not going to like it today mm -hmm. whereas in soap operas it's like life it's fresh material the character but that's actually a great basis too because in any actors going on auditions too you leave you feel good or you don't feel good but it's next next so yeah. that's almost the same thing. You can't dwell on it. Right. You did it. You did the best of your ability. You'll do better the next day. Right. That's all you can do because, you know, every actor knows that a, an audition can, they can be locked and loaded and they get in the room and they can feel the whole thing just go right out the window. And then they go, thank you. They leave. And by the time they get to the elevator, they either want to turn around and say, hang on. Mm -hmm. Let me do this again. Mm -hmm. Or they now get in their car and go, that wasn't very good. I'm not going to. Well, the obsession. But I tell people to take care of yourselves in that room. And if you're feeling it at that time, just do it again because you have to take that power in your room. But we're talking, that's auditioning, not being on. It is to say, you know what? That sucked. I'm doing it again. Can we do this one more time? And, you know, 
And There's nothing wrong with it. You're just human. But they usually will let you do it again. They will let you do it again. Because they're in support of you. Unless you continue to, to, to you know, it's so difficult now because most auditions, you pretty much have to be off script. In the old days, it was called, I'm going to read for a part. Reading mm -hmm. for a part is 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 never, it, 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 that's old, old. Yes, has been. it used to be that come in, hold your script in your hand. It's a, it's you're giving an idea of the character, and then when you get taste, the job, you'll learn thing, it. And then you learn it. But now they that that's not it. They, you come in, this they, what they see, is what they want tomorrow morning on their set mm -hmm. if they hire you. So you've got to be you know raring and and give them something. The director might look at the tape and say, I like what this guy's doing. I could probably pull him down a little bit, or maybe I. I but you can't. Most directors don't want to have to pull it up. Either you got to give them something to play with, mm -hmm. you know. So be prepared. Be prepared is key. So tell some of the actors out there what's like three things you'd want to tell them as positive advice, you know, because there's ups and there's downs. And even though you've had a successful run, I'm sure you've had times that you've been up and times you've been down. So two things: well, how did you take care of yourself, um, and what's some advice you'd give to actors? Well. You know, it's the same story that as you continue down the path of your career, you might have a, a nice run, then things can dry up, and then you've got to come back, and then you've got to say, well, maybe, wow, I've put on 20 pounds, maybe this is good, I can now maybe play more character stuff, or no, I'm not ready for that yet, I should be at the gym working out and maintaining until the phone starts ringing again. Yeah, but emotionally, you know... It can get, it can send you into a, a sad place, depressed place. But how do you rise up? Do you exercise? What's vodka. Your... Vodka. Okay, there it is. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, there's no rising up. You, you, you take it all in. Every, every actor, you know, f feels as though they just did their last job, you know, and that they're they could be washed up. But did you ever feel? Yes, but so through that, what do you do? Do you just lie there and feel it, or do you go work out? What's well, you your, go what's to your the, thing? I think going to the gym, as most people do now, mm -hmm. that oxygen pumping, and you, at least whether you're working or you're not working, you have accomplished one thing today. You have preserved yourself mm -hmm. for that phone to ring. <laughs> so when it rings, you're like preserved. <laughs> You know, oh my God, but the you phone's have to ringing and I'm yourself. 30 pounds overweight. Jesus, now you call me. What? Here's the thing about acting, though. You have to be in the best physical shape for yourself. It doesn't really matter your body size. Whatever you are is what you are, but how you take care of it is crucial. In my book. In my book. Well, I concur. Ken, three pieces of advice you'd give young actors out there. Stick to it. Stay in class. And, you know... Constantly work on monologues for the for your own edification, just to keep your your memory that you're able to remember and have fun, you know. And like I said, hanging around with other actors is always a good thing to do because there's always sort of a you know a camaraderie about oh you're in for that I didn't get in for that you know. But it's competitive, but it keeps you in the game of the game. And and, and if you get too crazy, you know, keep yourself intact by working out, staying healthy, and, you know, find yourself a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. Friend you want. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. That, if that's going to help you as well. Have you ever thought about directing? No. Um, 
Oh wow, you jumped on that one. Yeah, no, I just really have no direct uh, interest in direction. I, I I I admire directors, and I can see the the, the beauty of the picture. But I really don't have that uh, mentality. My I, I'm more into playing the character that they have hired you to do. Okay. Let them move those cameras wherever they want. Let them get their coverage. Let them tell you what they feel. That's never been, I've never been interested in that capacity. So you're just actor. Have gone, will hire. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, no, have gone, will travel. Have gone, will travel. Yes. What does that mean? It was a television series in the 60s with uh, Richard Boone, Paladin, Paladin, where do you run? Paladin, it's about a guy, a, a, a Western, have gun now will travel. So. He, he's a hired gun. Oh, a hired gun will travel. He'll I get travel. it now. Thank okay. you for sharing. I didn't um, know that that was such an old series. Well, you're aging yourself, but that's okay. <laughs> I watch a lot of me TV. So you talked earlier about that you love old movies. Yeah. Why is that so important to you? Well, Do you feel first like the of all, artistry is better? Is first it, of all, yeah. I'm not in competition with any of those actors because they're dead. Uh, number two, uh, I think that they 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 didn't have the CGI and all of that business that these things were all character driven. And I think that actors can learn from the different genres. If you love the screwball comedies of the forties, there's a certain pace that William Powell and Myrna Loy had. If you're into film noir, there's a certain deadliness that the, those genre movies will give you. And there's a certain, they had a lot more character actors around. So if you're a character guy and you can see how that type of character could be your specialty by watching some of these, the characters, the butlers in movies, the, the, the different, you know, the, the sidekicks, mm -hmm. you know, they all have, they, they all had, you know, huge, huge game. And a lot of them then ended up in television in the 50s, and we came to know them because that's when te television, and you don't even remember that these guys had huge careers in the 30s and 40s, mm -hmm. and they jumped into television, and all you know is you know them from this now, from a TV mm -hmm. series mm -hmm. that you watch. So how do you think television then is different than it is now? Well, television now, the, well, it's, it's television is, is not television. Everybody has gone to Netflix and Amazon and all those stations where it's like having a, a movie. They do 12, 8 to 12 episodes and you stumble onto something like a, like a beautiful case of wine that has been, you know, aging and you can, you know, you can find stuff. Oh, did you see that series? They're in season four. Oh, I haven't seen that. Let me go look that up. So you get to, I think that the quality has gone to where they have freedom to character drive whatever they want. They don't have people meddling with them as much as the, the other shows do. So what? So how is it different? What's different? How is it different from the older movies that you watch versus... Oh, television now? Yes. Well, it's not. Think I think it's, that I think it's they've gotten now. a little that they've taken. Again, as I said, in the old movies, it's character driven. And now these shows that are on Amazon are all character driven. Yes. So it's not about, you know, the big... It's just about getting the history Yeah. for the actors to, to study the past, to give them to the, get them to the present. Right. Yes? Yes, I concur.
What are you grateful for? Uh, oh, I'm sitting here right now talking about 41 years in daytime television. Oh my goodness, that's so nice. <laughs> you are grateful for your career, I would imagine. 41 well, years is a long time. Well, the last six have been, you know, rough. But <laughs> <laughs> why are they? Why have they been rough? Well, because you know, you you you, you get to a point where you're not front and center, you know, so you're fighting for a story, you're fighting for storyline, you're fighting for, you know, for your place in the sun. Mm. So, you know, you're, which happens to all actors, either they, you move into a, a, a character, you know, situation where they use you because of the history and that, oh, he's a lawyer, oh, his son is in trouble. We'll have him get the son out of trouble, so he'll be in, he'll be the son's lawyer. So you've been having um, it. You feel like you're fighting for your storyline. Fighting for a storyline. They don't, you know, the camera isn't following me out the door mm -hmm. like they used to. Does it make you feel left out? What does it feel? It well, you, but then you're still there. I right. mean, so what are you gonna do? You just say. But well, what okay. other things do you want to do? Well, I'd like to do anything, you know, I'd like to do some, I kind of wish that there was back when they had the dinner theater and you could travel around and do fun uh, comedies and dinner theaters back. Because the... I was going to bring up comedy because your twin brother is a comic. Yes. And you didn't follow that path. Um, or did you start in comedy and then no, travel a... into this life in soap opera, Scotty Baldwin world? No, there's a difference between a comic and a comedian. A comic uh, yes, he does stand up and says funny things. Mm -hmm. Comedians are like Lucille Ball; mm -hmm. they make things funny. Funny. So I've done a lot of comedy in different stuff that people think that you know he can handle comedy, so they write comedy for me. So I have a sense of comedy timing, mm -hmm. which also is is something that just is taught as well. I mean. Uh, uh, comedy timing is a little bit innate. You can learn it, but you have to sort of have a sense of the rhythm. Well, you have flow. to. You you have to. Yes, you have to have a sense of comedy, comedic timing, mm -hmm. and it's a certain pace and a certain energy. And you so, know, do you? Are you interested in in going into that world, or were you in that world prior to soap opera, or have you done comedy since that I'm not aware of? Well, we do. A lot of the stuff I do in General Hospital now is comedic because Correct. it's it's you know it, he's a kind of a comedic character over the years. I'm not saying a buffoon, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but there has been points where I, as the character, might have gotten gone too far in the '90s and stuff in in continuing to make it fun to do. Mm. I mean, you can't just play the same guy, even though he is the same guy. It's like hairstyles change, fashion changes, he changes, his humor changes, his situation changes, and so it's like, just like real life. But I know? think, I think in all mediums on television, it's gotten better because it's gotten realer and it's grounded in truth, and then from the grounding of the truth, you can lilt up, whether it's, you know, a soap opera or it's a comedy or it's a heavy drama. Do you agree? Well, yeah, I mean, 
reality television has had an effect on a lot of everything because it's it's and it, as horrible as it is, and and how it put so many people out of work a while ago, directors and writers and you know listening to these uh, like housewives of whatever and stuff, but they get goosed a little bit by the producers and all of a sudden they seem real because they're clawing each other and it's like, so it, you you see the reality of real people, so now is I that- I don't know if that, I don't think that's affected why television is better. Well, I think no, I don't. it's better because directors and producers are seeing that the truth, if you look back on shows in the 90s, they're a little pushed and people are on top of their lines. To me, it seems like they're going underneath and living the truthfulness of the experience. I don't think reality TV has done that. Reality TV is another genre in itself. That's my opinion. I think that a lot of television has a lot of actors that not sure what to do because I don't know if they've had a really great training. So when in doubt, do nothing. Mm. So they basically blah, 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 say the lines. The, the actors that stand out are like the ones that, that all of a sudden are like they're doing something above and beyond the call of it may be theatrical, but theatricality is not reality. So therefore, theatrical is why they're paying you to be there. They're not paying you. You're not a housewife of Beverly Hills that's talking about because you know you're you're there to to entertain, so you must have the chops, or the comedic timing, or the dramatic sense to 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 take this and make it entertaining. And are you still loving playing Scotty Baldwin? Yes, of course I love playing Scotty Baldwin. Tell uh, me three things about him you love. Uh, he's got a very good uh, wardrobe. Oh, uh, wardrobe. He, I like well, he it. wears a lot of suits, so. He's always well dressed. Okay, what else? Uh, he, you know, his he's got a lot of humor now, and he's got a couple of children. So he's he, he's he's got a couple of, of, of kids that he then can you know be a part of. Uh, uh, when I started on the show in '77, I came on as the son of a of, of a main character, so that gave me a lot of these father-son scenes, mm. which, you know, is always good good stuff because, you know, the, the son is always doing the wrong thing. Mm. He's never pleasing the father. Mm. So that makes for good conflict and fun. And I don't know if I answered your question. I think you did. Okay. I think you did. What, what is, tell me about a day in the life of you, just you, not an actor day, just you. Tell me a day in the life of Ken Schreiner. The day in the life, if you're working that day, you go in there and you've got this, this little glass of, of real juice. And so you go up on stage and you drink it and, it, and it's very tasty. And then you hope that it, it, it went the way you wanted it to go because you, you have the one take. And if not, you then start thinking about the next day that you'll make it up. And hopefully the audience after 40 years will, won't say, boy, that Scotty wasn't very good today. <laughs> so you, you, well, you just told me your day in life is just doing your scene. I'm talking about <laughs> your life. Okay? My life? So what's your ritual? I told you, I ride a Vespa. Okay, I so get on my Vespa and immediately you're having fun. 
And well, that's what life should be about. Right. So if you jump on a Vespa and you ride it to the gym, I love going to the gym. Uh, the gym I go to is in question. They could use <laughs> some new equipment. But if you ride the Vespa there, you're already on top of the day. Then you work out and you mingle around and then you, you know, that's your day. And then you continue to piece your day together. And if you're on set, you're on set. And if and you, you started day, on your Vespa. So you, Vespa equals fun. Even if I even, if I, any day that I'm working, I still try and squeeze in the gym in the morning because I think that gets you going. It gets that, you in a good mindset. Well, you get your, you're already pumping. You're pumping. The oxygen's pumping. Thank it's you flowing. so much for coming today, Thank Ken. you. It was my pleasure to be here. Have a great rest of your ride home on your best <laughs> Bye.